The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning. This is the Tea Health Show. I'm Dr. Mark, and in the studio today, we have, as usual, our producer Simpiwe. Morning, Sims. Good morning. And my two wonderful co-hosts, Divya Naidu and Sister Elise Fanart. Morning, girls. Good morning. Okay, so we're still in November, as everyone knows, and we are continuing our focus on men and men's well-being. So over the past couple of weeks, we have discussed quite um, a wide range of topics, and today we're going to focus on why men should also focus on hormone balancing, because it's something that um, I think when we hear the word hormones, we think of women and menopause, and um, men usually think of their wives. So um, today, actually, um, we're going to talk about the necessity. Uh, for men to start realizing that we also have to keep our hormones in check. Divs, start us off. You just mentioned a triad, and this is the adrenals, the thyroid, and the pancreas. So all of us at the moment are at that point where I've just had enough. I need a break. And we... We have, um, in my practice, five weeks left. Believe me, I'm counting the days, not even the weeks. Um, and I think the majority of us that work in urban centers where everything needs to get done in the next four weeks are, are feeling the burn. Yeah, you're so, you're so right. I call it my anus horribilis. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad for it to be over. can't wait for January, and that's why we look forward to New Year's and its resolutions, right? But you mentioned a very important point, the triad, adrenals, thyroid, pancreas. Because what, what does that, what is, why am I mentioning this and why do I think it's important? Because they, they control stress, thyroid controls metabolism, and pancreas contain, uh, uh, controls your sugar, uh, everything to do with sugar, insulin and stuff. So, we cannot treat any of these systems without taking the other one into account because you will not – it's all about creating homeostasis and balance when we treat functionally. In functional medicine, it's all about bringing back your body to homeostasis. So let me give you a, a, a simple example. For instance, if you're, you, have a th- you go to a doctor and he does some blood tests and you notice your thyroid hormones levels are all out of whack – the the temptation would be to supplement with thyroid hormone. If you hypothyroid, you would supplement with thyroid hormones, altroxin, your urothyroxes. If you if it's T three, that's that's low. You'll do tetroxin. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. So, and Divya, can I ask, what is where do we measure thyroid releasing hormone? Thyroid stimulating TSH. 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 But actually, can I go one step back? Mm-hmm. Please. Um, Divya, one of the things that we are starting to see more and more of mm. in the practice is subclinical hypothyroidism. So when we did the podcast, Sims, do you remember the podcast that we did 
with Dr. Claudia Duval, the nephrologist, yes. where we spoke about kidney function, um, she, she mentioned that um, subclinical hypothyroidism in her practice is skyrocketing. And since I've been looking for it, um, it's, it's pervasive through all of us because of its link to all the other hormone systems, especially our adrenals. But when you say when the doctor looks for thyroid hormone and it's out of whack, a lot of people go and look at the thyroid hormone results and they see that it's within the normal range and they say, yeah, but my thyroid is normal. And so do GPs often, GPs often do that. You mentioned such an important point, but remember in functional medicine, we work with optimal levels. So the range that functional medicine specialists work with is much narrower yeah. than the norm that a, a normal laboratory will work because they work on statistical norms, right? When, when a, when a lab decides. I'm glad that you say that because they take, for instance, 10,000 people yes. take their levels yes. and see what is normal or what's the average for those 10,000 people, spread it out a little bit, and then everyone needs to fall in that. And I hate that, yes. that we do that with all our homes. That's fine if you want your body to function normally, but if you want your body to function optimally, Ooh. that's where we decide, okay. that where we narrow the, the ranges, the, the range the range is narrower, so, and we try to get to that level. Yeah. So, so this is why we refer to what we do in the T-Clinic as hormone optimization therapy mm-hmm. and not hormone replacement therapy. It's optimization of hormones. And Mark, to get back to your very, very important question about subclinical hypothyroidism, absolutely important because if you, I, I need to go a step back to let you understand where and why and how stress affects your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, the mother hormone is, or father hormone, the, the first hormone where all your hormones are synthesized from is cholesterol. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, cholesterol act, it's actually an essential hormone in your body. So all your hormones are synthesized from cholesterol. Cholesterol goes down to produce pregnenolone, which we call, if that's the father, that's the mother. Yeah, and then preg- the mother of all the, that's all the steroid hormones. And then pregnenolone is now responsible for producing either cortisol or progesterone. Mm. And then from progesterone is all your other sex hormones, estrogen, testosterone, and then co- so cortisol. And then your adrenals, which is a little gland the size of a walnut, that is so important for its size, sits just above your kidney, produces, for all intents and purposes for today's discussion, cortisol and DHA. It also does mineralocorticoids and your epinephrine and uh, norepinephrine. So, But for today, we're focusing on the hormones and and adrenals. Uh, So those produce, your adrenals produce that, and then thyroid. So if... If you picture this downstream flow chart I've just told you now, and progesterone, so pregnenolone, you have cortisol on the one side, you have progesterone on the other side. When you are stressed, your cortisol is going to increase. Yes. If that stress is chronic and there's a repeated insult on your body, that court, your adrenals are going to get exhausted. This is load shedding, people. <laughs> this is sitting in traffic. Yeah, exactly. This is hearing that the petrol price is going up again. Yes. This is getting your 
child's Christmas wish list. But don't forget, stress insults are very normal for your body and they actually essential in your body is very clever. It can cope with stresses like that. It's the chronic insults. Yeah. That where after a chronic, like a death of a loved one, mm-hmm. um, disease, infection, like long COVID. Death of my light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> Which is permanent seems like every time I get home. With that kind of situation now will make your your adrenals very very exhausted and your cortisol goes very low. But your body is very clever. What it tries to do, it tries to compensate. Mm-hmm. And how does it compensate? So go back to pregnenolone, cortisol, progesterone. It steals. Pregnenolone will steal so, from progesterone to produce more cortisol to compensate. So you reverse. That's it. You literally reverse the synthesis. That's it. And it's so called it's pregnenolone steal. So the, it steals from progesterone to produce more cortisol. What happens is your sex hormones decline. Yeah. And that's where, that's how stress can affect all the functions of testosterone for today's discussion. And let's not forget, progesterone is very important in men. We just don't realize it. Um, men just assume it's only testosterone they need to balance. But progesterone and estrogen are very important. But Mark, that is your area of expertise. So let me not Vivia, presume to know. It was very interesting that you bring this up. Yesterday morning, I walked into the office. So I've been asked to edit an article that was recently published on testosterone in men's health um, for United States edition. And they sing the praises of testosterone like I do and like you do for both men and women. Um, but the article was written for the American population where you go online and you order whatever you want and it gets sent to your door. Mm-hmm. And in South Africa, that is not the case. Yes, you can order stuff. Um, but when we were discussing this article, Sister Elisa myself, she said to me, Mark, talk about what it is that we do in the practice. Because that should be standard practice for when you look at hormones. And that is the moment that you fiddle mm-hmm. with one hormone, you fiddle with all of them. The downstream so, guys, I can tell you about baking a cake, but I can't tell you about fiddling with an engine. If you try and create more power in an engine, you better make sure that you can brake. Um, if not, you're going to go into a wall. Am I right? Yes, correct. Something so, that Divya said now, now before we started is that total breakdown. What did you call it? Catabolic. The catabolic state. If you overuse testosterone without balancing the systems, you're going to break yeah, down. I think it, the, the, to add context to that, we were talking about yeah. men who overexercise. And while exercise is extremely essential, we cannot emphasize the importance of it to maintain stress. Overtraining, and I'm talking about your elite athletes and people who do not, who train excessively and do not allow their body to build. So when you, when you train, you get hormones such as, um, growth hormone, testosterone, yeah. IGF-1 that are released and those are anabolic. They actually help you build muscle. And I'm not talking about the external <laughs> anabolic substances that yeah. people take. These are just found in your body. 
However, when you overtrain, your body is put under stress and it creates inflammation. So picture the scenario of somebody lifting weights all the time. How does your muscle grow? It tears, then you allow it to rest day and it rebuilds. And when it rebuilds, it grows larger. Mm. So when you overtrain and you don't allow your body to rest and repair, it, it's you start getting too inflamed. What does inflammation do? As we all saw in COVID, create a cytokine storm. And the cytokine storm is seen and read in your body as a stress. And then you chronically do this to your body over a long time. The, the adrenals can't produce any more cortisol <clears throat> to compensate for this inflammation. And it starts declining and you start breaking down. So the body has to get energy from somewhere. It starts now using muscle to, to create energy. And that's when your muscles breaking start breaking down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why I mentioned this is, um, isn't there a link between the overuse and not controlled use of testosterone to build and then later on linked to metabolic syndrome? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And that's so, why I mentioned <coughs> it. What people forget is they focus on side effects yes. of drugs only, especially when it comes to hormone optimization or hormone replacement therapy or the use of hormones. So testosterone has certain effects. It has an effect on muscle. It has an effect on bone. But it has a very, very pronounced effect on the production of red blood cells. Yes. So that leads to polycythemia. And polycythemia... It's when you make more red blood cells. Mm-hmm. Poly means more. Cythema just cells. So think about your pool pump. Okay. Or uh, your, your fish tank pump. Okay. If I take small little particles of sand and I keep on adding it to the water, what happens is it turns from running water to mud. Okay. And what's going to happen with your pump? Your pump is going to get clogged. The pipes, or the pipes are going to get clogged. The pump is going to burn out. And this is how we develop kidney disease because you're damaging your kidneys. This is how you develop heart disease. This is how you develop clotting in, in small arteries, which leads to erectile function. It leads to, um, strokes and heart attacks. So, it's not only about the side effects of drugs um, or medication or specifically hormones. It's about knowing the effect. And the effect is so far downstream that people don't realize what they're doing. And this is why it's so important to understand hormone balance. So, Mark, I was reading something interesting and you the expert here. So this is really a an, an, uh, question that informs me. There is some talk now that testosterone levels don't necessarily affect erectile dysfunction. True? Or what are you finding clinically? Uh, I have to agree. Sister Elise, you agree I, with that? I agree, but it works on the cognitive part. Yes, it works on the libido. It yeah. actually works on the higher function. Yeah, it doesn't so influence the me, physical when my, erection. When my patients come in, and uh, simply you've heard me say this so many times, and I've said I, I say it in every one of my public or media engagements, the biggest effect of 
testosterone is on the brain. Yes. Because testosterone is made by the brain for the brain. It was very interesting. Um, when you spoke now about, um, thyroid stimulating hormone, the part of the brain that connects the nervous system, which controls basically everything, Mm. and the endocrine system, which controls everything, is the hypothalamus. And your hypothalamus is the part of the brain that gets that electrical impulses and then it sends out hormones in the form actually of chemical messengers in the form of either neurotransmitters or hormones to places like the pituitary gland, etc., etc. So um, whatever you do, Affects the brain. People use testosterone, and this is one of the things that we discussed um, in that interview yesterday. People think, especially our generation Z, about Zs, hey, generation Zs, and the millennials use hormones or think about using hormones to look good. But what they don't understand is that it has far-reaching implications on neurological. Function so. So neurotransmitters you mentioned. Neurotransmitters are hormones as well. They just hormones yeah, but just in the brain. The chemical message. Yes. I, I think the, the best way to describe the difference between a neurotransmitter like dopamine or um, serotonin or acetylcholine is that they work between individual nerve cells. Yes. So they work over very very short distances where your hormones circulate in the blood. So, for instance, testosterone is made, bless you, Elise. <laughs> Before the event. <laughs> um, testosterone is made in the testicles, but then it circulates in the blood back to the brain, to the gut, to muscles, to bone, to your heart, to your pancreas, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's, that's a big difference. Maybe we should stop just there for the listeners because where is testosterone found or what are its functions like we know in the brain as you mentioned before cognition in the skin it creates bodily hair and uh, hair all over your body male pattern um, can create a deficiency of which can create male pattern baldness in the kidney it uh, it um, creates your erythropoietin or your blood like you described earlier then in the testes it's it's responsible for all your uh, male sex organ development uh in the bone for body mass and strength uh in the stem cell production in the muscle for muscle strength i mean there's so many there's so many functions of testosterone that's why it's not limited just to a male hormone it yeah. does all of these functions to a lesser degree uh, in females as well. They have a, a 10 times lower testosterone levels than men, but it's a really yet, essential. Yet, and this is what we tell our females. Elise, we, we read a phenomenal article, and Divya, I think you you can corroborate, or corroborate this. Um, women make more testosterone in their ovaries than they make estrogen for the simple reason that... Estrogen comes from testosterone. Yes. 
And people forget that Yes That's a nice fine fact I did not know Yes okay. Estrogen comes from testosterone And, and let, let's expand that further In men When your testosterone is too high Or, or if testosterone converts too much to estrogen mm-hmm. You start I'm a big girl Yes you, you actually start getting abdominal fat All the same things that women see yep. Abdominal fat Gynecomastia Male boobs uh, and, and emotional disturbances, lack of libido, anti-erectile dysfunction. So, um, using, uh, I always tell guys, you know what, too much testosterone, especially synthetic testosterone that's injected and the ones that contain lots of preservatives and stabilizers, which is all the products that you guys are buying on the black market, mm-hmm. um, create High levels of estrogen And what they then try and do Is they try and suppress their estrogen And push themselves into cardiac And cardiovascular disease Absolutely Here's a clinical poll that you might not have known But you work with it So forgive me if you do know Um, A lot of the times Doctors will use aromatase inhibitors That is to prevent the conversion of testosterone to estrogen Like chrysin or anastrozole That's what we use Anastrozole, right? yeah But did you know that progesterone is the most powerful aromatase inhibitor? I did, only because you told me <laughs> so, Sorry, Debbie There's a reason we bring you on this show No, we, we use it in um, the majority of our men, either on its own as a standalone, um, or in conjunction, because again, it's quite difficult to predict which men are sensitive to increasing testosterone levels and then upping the aromatization. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, um, we need to add a little bit of anastrozole. But I want to stress this. Men need estrogen. Without estrogen, you will push yourself into a heart attack. For sure. For sure. And also for cognition, estrogen and memory. Yeah. So many, so many vital roles, right? Okay. Yeah. But I also want to get back to, we touched on it last, on our last podcast. Metabolic syndrome, specifically in males, is connected to low testosterone. Divya, maybe you can expand on that. And in the other way around in females, but th- th- we're not talking about females today. I, I, I'm going to interject there, Divs. Um, Elise, let's just explain what, um, let's just quickly recap. What metabolic? The, the symptoms of or what makes up metabolic syndrome, because um, I think we should actually talk about it as metabolic disease. Devs, do you want to do you want to go? So the symptoms that you mentioned in your podcast the last time, I would imagine things like effect on your blood pressure, abdominal girth. Yeah, uh, and they've got to to call something a syndrome. There's got to be a whole collection of factors. Yes. Yeah. So to call it a disease, you can have one symptom, but a syndrome has got to have a whole lot. Uh, insulin sensitivity or insulin yeah. resistance. Yeah. So elevated insulin, insulin. levels and glucose levels. Yes. Yeah. Hypertension, weight gain. Yeah. 
Yeah. What I can think of. Tri- high tri- triglycerides. Yes, high triglycerides. Low HDL. Um, high H. Uh, low HDL. Low you're right. HDL. So elevated. So if there's a problem with your lipid metabolism, in other words, if your cholesterol is not healthy. Yes. So elevated cholesterol, elevated glucose or insulin, um, hypertension, abdominal weight gain, and then low testosterone. So those yes. form. Um, Metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome. If you have three of those, then you are you have metabolic syndrome. Or the old days we call it syndrome X. Yes. So, so Elise, to answer your question, if if you go back to that triad I spoke about, mm-hmm. adrenals, thyroid, mm-hmm. pancreas. So, low testosterone, adrenals, stress, low testosterone is going to affect your other two systems. Yes. Most likely going to be hypothyroid. And you've most definitely going to affect your pancreas production of insulin. The other one was actually hypothyroidism. Yes. Um, Divya, am I correct in saying, and guys, I want you to listen to this, and I, God, I hope I get the answer right, mm-hmm. um, that testosterone share receptors with all of those above. It shares receptors with insulin, insulin growth like factor, as well as cortisol. You're absolutely correct. So if one of those are out, or if you affect one of them, you're going to affect all, and therefore it's an imbalance. And guys, this is the, the topic of today's show, metabolic disease, and why we as men should start cottoning on to the fact that we have hormones that's out of balance and that causes symptoms and signs of underlying disease, um, which is not only stress or fatigue or tired or middle age. It's actually a warning for you to, hey, you need to go and see someone that knows what they're doing around. Especially since progesterone starts declining in men at around age 60. Um, so... Definitely you need some progesterone supplementation for your older men who are coming to see you. Um, and then, Mark, you would have seen this in practice, that the, the symptoms of hypothyroidism can mimic the symptoms of adrenal fatigue. Absolutely. So, um, Sister Elise, what are the signs of hypothyroidism? What does it affect? You sent me an article. You sent me this morning. <laughs> She didn't read it. <laughs> no, she did. She said to me, uh, I'm sending it to you so that I can remember. <laughs> Clearly, that didn't I didn't work. know I'm writing a test again today. <laughs> I should know that. I like popcorn. So if you think about thyroid, low, it's metabolism, yes, right? Low energy but levels. Let's, um, let's, let's actually just stop because when we say metabolism, people think I have a low metabolism, I have weight gain. Metabolism is a term that we use to describe chemical reactions. So I have a very good analogy. Okay. Um, and it involves our favorite state-owned enterprise, <laughs> ESCOM. So thyroid hormone is what helps us to burn glucose in the energy powerhouses of ourselves called your mitochondria 
it's a process that happens and we call it the Krebs cycle. That's how we make energy ATP. Am I right? God, I'm going on air without being prepared. <laughs> <coughs> so to effectively create energy, we need to burn glucose. Mm-hmm. So think about it. If I am not sensitive to insulin, a hormone, I'm not effectively moving glucose out of my bloodstream to the cells where it's working. In other words, I can't effectively get coal to ESCOM. (laughs) And that's why there's load shedding. Uh Hold on. We're getting there. <laughs> it's a long analogy. So when <laughs> when the coal gets to ESCOM, mm-hmm. it needs to get to the burning towers or the furnaces. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's other things that are responsible there. But now we have to light the furnace. And that's where your thyroid hormone starts coming into play. Because if we can't burn at a high enough temperature and long enough and effective enough, we don't make enough energy for the body to use and that's load shedding. And what does that do? It puts us all under stress. Like that lack of energy puts the body under stress. And this will have effects on Everything from neurological function, number one. And that, Divya, is why I think you say that hypothyroidism can mimic adrenal fatigue, where it comes with, I can't make decisions, mm-hmm. I, I'm fog, yes. depressed, I'm anxious. And then on the physical side where I'm not utilizing the energy, so I'm not removing the coal out of the system. So it's backing up, it's getting wet, and now it turns into tar, which sits on the inside of my arteries, which has problems with my blood pressure, cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But okay. what? how does thyroid function influence nervous system activity? Energy, ATP. Okay. And um, I would think that it will have an effect on adrenals. adrenals. Okay. And the adrenals do play stress, cortisol, yeah. affects anxiety, nervousness. Okay, can I ask a, a, a question I think the normal man on the street will ask? Mm. These young oaks that really... Pump themselves full of anabolic steroids. But let's let's just stop because there's a big difference between testosterone and anabolic steroids. Okay, but let's say let's say they use both. Okay, and they becoming buff and like they look wonderful, etc., etc. And suddenly, ten years later, they all develop this typical body of a. Rappy ex Springbok rappy player. Exactly. Why does that happen? Divya? <laughs> <laughs> I love that deflection. <laughs> because I do think that's a question they all have. I think it's got to do with adrenal exhaustion. When you give too much of of 
synthetic testosterone, Mark, correct me here, mm-hmm. you do suppress your body's natural testosterone. Absolutely. And your so LH irreversibility. And the LH production yeah. starts increasing, right? That's very important that we talk about that irreversibility. It's irreversible. Yeah. So, Gavir, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, think, uh, let's go back to ESCOM. So, there's a reason ESCOM does load shedding. If there's a continuous shortage of stuff and we now quickly keep on supplementing it, it's pushing extra energy through the grid. If we continuously do that, and I think all of us had this at some point in our homes, something blows. Mm. So here and there, it's a small fuse. But if you do that for long enough, Mm -hmm. the whole transformer or the substation blows out. Now, we know, for instance, that if we are to get a big solar storm, that it will plunge us back into the dark ages. Why? Because we've become dependent on energy. And then if it wipes it out, it will take decades to get our power grids back up. And this is exactly what happens. Well, that's a good an- analogy. So it's if you continuously do this stimulating, 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 there's such a negative feedback that it actually severs the connections. Those um, physiological pathways shut down, burn out, are forgotten, and when you stop, you cannot get it back on, and therefore it's irreversible. So there's also another important point we made. We touched on it earlier, and maybe now's a good time to kind of get back there. We said cholesterol is the father hormone, pregnenolone is the mother hormone, right? Mm-hmm. So I've often had this question. So if you're telling me cholesterol produces all these hormones, your sex hormones eventually, why do you? Why do we take medication to stop cholesterol when our cholesterol our cholesterol yes, levels exactly. are high? Why, why? How does that affect sex hormone production? Exactly. Will negatively. Exactly. But what negatively? What do you do it in practice? But what do you do because you shouldn't have high cholesterol just floating around in your body? Yeah, but Devian, I think this is where functional medicine is able to teach all of us as practitioners um, a little bit more. Functional medicine looks at ratios between different. Things So we don't only look at in total isolation. cholesterol levels. Not in isolation. Um, we look at the distribution between those different uh, types of cholesterol, whether it's low-density lipoproteins, high-density lipoproteins, very low lipodensity, blah, blah, blah. And then we take that and we need to look at it in conjunction or in relation to the other stress hormones like Insulin and cortisol. Because it's not only cholesterol that's the problem. It's the, um, it's the inflammation that is, forms part of dyslipidemia. You can have high levels of cholesterol. If you don't have any inflammation, you should be okay. You, you shouldn't be forming cholesterol plaques. 
But if it's endothelial inflammation, you know what? You're going to start building on that. Why? Because you want to protect the endothelium. And that's where you start forming plaque formation, and now it becomes dangerous. Guys, just by the by, the first sign of cardiovascular disease Look. is erectile dysfunction. Uh, yes. Yeah. So um, just be aware of it. If you're starting to have a problem with erections, go take a look at blood pressure. Go take a look at your cholesterol levels. Um and you will see that we're starting to move in the wrong direction. Divya DHEA. Just where DHEA comes from? The adrenals. Adrenal glands. But in the cascade, we go cholesterol, pregnenolone, proge- 17 alpha hydroxy progesterone, progesterone DHEA. Yes. And then DHEA is downstream metabolism, uh, metabolites are andestine dion. Andestine testosterone, dion, testosterone, estrogen. estrogen. Yes. So DHEA, interesting because it's, it's very, it's important. Also, also can be low DHEA can also be, um, confused with thyroid or hypothyroidism because what does DHEA do? Besides your sexual functions and all, all those kind of effects, it also affects energy. Energy levels. So, how does it affect energy metabolism or energy levels? Because it's directly related to the your levels of cortisol. Remember, I think in one of our does DHEA suppress cortisol, lowers cortisol. Well, it works conversely. If your cortisol is high, your your body will compensate by making your DHEA low to favor the production of cortisol. What we should have. So we should actually be using DHEA. In patients with adrenal fatigue. Yes, but you should always test the DHEAS levels, the metabolite levels of DHEA before you always, you always test before you supplement, right? Mm. And like you said, you mentioned it in one of the previous podcasts. A lot of the times we use biochemical tests like blood tests and saliva tests to, to determine hormone levels. However, a lot of that is not really a true indication of what's going on because if you're testing blood you and you're using a transdermal hormone cream the blood is that that level you will get is not reflecting what's in the tissue yeah so the saliva also doesn't really reflect exactly what is in your hormone so very often a functional medicine doctor will have the skill to use symptomology and combine it with those blood tests or saliva tests and then make a decision like you often do. Absolutely. You've mentioned it in the past. You use Absolutely. symptoms, so you don't use that as a absolute You have to look tool. at the clinical picture, yeah. symptomology, yes. biochemistry, and then the triggers to marry them or not. Together, but you need to be skilled enough to understand how to yes. treat that. And it's difficult work. Yes, and it's not just <clears throat> one symptom and a band-aid approach. Mm. It's marrying a whole lot of systems together, a systems biology approach, we call it, as you know. The other thing we talked about is mitochondria. It's become very, very um, topical recently that mitochondrial health is a direct determinant of longevity, like your sirtuins and but mitochondrial health, because what happens as we age, your powerhouse, that's the mitochondria in each cell, starts, um, the, its function starts declining because things like thyroid, it's not fed into your cell properly. Too much cortisol will ca- cause more reverse T3 instead of T3. Uh, and that uh, also affects 
the way our mitochondria functions. So some thinking now is that if you preserve mitochondrial health, you can optimize your health firstly because what happens as you get older, you get less energized, less energy. Things start becoming catabolic. The muscles break, break down. Fat deposition happens more. So if you maintain your mitochondrial health with energizing substances like your carnitine, mm. alpha lipoic acid, ribose, or the awesome threesome as we call it uh, at the compounding pharmacy. Those kind of things maintain your health of your okay, mind. Let's run through them again. Carnitine, we, we often use carnitine and we often use carnitine in our IV nutritional so supplementation. Carnitine, alpha lipoic acid, ribose. Rib, um, uh, ribose is a form of energy. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a, it's, it has to be taken in larger quantities so you'll usually get it as a powder supplementation. Yeah, yeah so, so, I would imagine, I would, I would like to point that out because that is really important. It's important for us to, or to keep our mitochondria energized. Okay. So <clears throat> I can't believe that we three quarters through this discussion, <laughs> it, it flew. Divs, um, this, if we can go say the three main things mm-hmm. that we as men need to be looking out for, um, when it comes to Metabolic changes What are those big ones Can we safely say it's Decrease in insulin sensitivity Yes so abdominal fat deposition Will be the physical Physical manifestation right So is this like uh, also like the dad bod Yes <laughs> Well For the menopause bod <laughs> We're talking men We're talking men So fat deposition for men um, Hair loss Um Energy, I would definitely testosterone would decrease testosterone will result in decreased energy. But I think you could talk more to that. Uh, I would say um, insomnia, sleep patterns, changes in sleep patterns very important. Another way to decrease stress, by the way, is to get good sleep architecture. Optimal sleep. Good sleep Optimal. architecture, and you know, yeah. there's there's we <clears throat> talked about sleep architecture in the past. Simple things like. Darkening your room, putting all your LED lights off, wearing things to cover your eyes so you're in complete blackness. So your body knows how to, pre- it can start producing melatonin, which is at night. Oh, ah, melatonin. Okay, yes. see, so you said that you wanted to speak to yes. us. Yes. Is this good? Because I've heard this like, um, spoken about like people my age and they're taking it to get like a good night's rest. What, and- melatonin? Yes. Yeah, Debbie is going to tell you about melatonin. It, yeah. it, it's part of controlling our day-night rhythm. So it's a normal hormone found in our brain that it does that is secreted. So what you should do if you do or you are having problems sleeping is train your brain. Go outside in the morning, open your curtains at five o'clock, and let the sun come in, so your brain can wake up, interpret that it's day, and your melatonin uh, secretion will stop. But the reverse is also true for night. When you're at night, you know, ideally we should not be watching TV, not having any electronic devices because all that blue light stimulates your brain. You should have curtains that have block out and you should you know, just c- cut out any light stimulation, have complete darkness. That is the best thing. But, but an interesting fact I found out is that melatonin fantastic can 
creates sleep and you can take it. Let me answer your question before I go to my interesting fact. <laughs> so, um, yes, you can. But like Mark said, use it occasionally. Otherwise, your body decreases its own production. Rather, teach your body to stimulate its own by doing those simple things I just said, I just discussed now. But it's very interesting that light therapy, specific red light, mm. um, increases the production of melatonin. Blue light, which is from your devices, um, stimulate cortisol, which is mm. the stress hormone that keeps us awake. Mm. Yes. And then so melatonin, I believe, is responsible for nocturnal and morning erections. I didn't know this previously, so that was a fun fact I found out. So, and because of this, obviously it has something to do with sex hormone production, if it's going to affect that ability. So, decrease in melatonin, you're not sleeping well, your melatonin levels are decreased, it's also going to decrease your sex hormone production. Melatonin is a peptide hormone, am I right? It's it's a, yes, it's a hormone that is, um, it's also, it's also a, Part of your endocrine section, uh, uh, system, sorry. Uh, and I'm not so sure if it's a peptide hormone, Mark. I need to check that. Um, I can't. Your, your lip, lipolic hormones. Oh, no, melatonin is a lipolic hormone. Um, oxytocin is a peptide hormone. Oh, yes. That, that I can definitely yeah. tell you. Oxytocin is a peptide hormone. Yeah. Okay. So, really interesting hormone. It's a very powerful antioxidant. And there's often debates as to which is the more powerful antioxidant, melatonin or glutathione. Because I've read literature that says melatonin is more potent. And I've read other literature that says glutathione is more pro- potent. So, it is a potent. You know, but when I started out in functional medicine, oh my God, Debbie, this was many, many years ago. Um, Don't you mean centuries? <laughs> <laughs> I look good for <laughs> so, um We used a combination of pregnenolone and melatonin for performance. Uh, brain performance. Remember there was a study with pregnenolone when they gave it to older people and they get, got them to do tests, they performed better. And when they gave, uh, pilots, um, doing simulations, pregnenolone prior to it, they all performed better. It makes complete sense because pregnenolone, um, is responsible for memory mm. and learning. So it would make absolute sense that you would have used that. Okay, so hormone imbalances in men stem from normal aging. We're all going to go through it. Like with women, we go through andropause. Um, women go through menopause. Mm. But it creates and is caused by other hormone imbalances. And here we are looking at the main ones. Like, uh, 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 lipid metabolism And here we're looking at your cholesterol And everything that affects cholesterol From diet to exercise mm-hmm. We're looking at our glucose metabolism Which we are thinking of insulin We're thinking of glucagon, etc, etc And this is also affected by Things like stress and sleep And diet and exercise and then we come to our energy metabolism, 
<coughs> we'll be thinking of combination of your thyroid hormones and moving glucose around the body. So again, insulin and glucagon and your gonads, which is testosterone and pregnenolone and progesterone and DHEA. And that's just literally putting an ice cube on the tip of an iceberg. Absolutely. So what you des- described so perfectly is the three systems we spoke about, adrenal, thyroid, pancreas, stress, metabolism, sugar. We're going into a period now where I think, again, like we said, for the next four weeks, a lot of people are going to be very busy, very stressed. Um, it comes with its own <clears throat> stresses, vast those daily stresses, we used to it. But then also the compounded stress of what's been happening around us in the world, the uncertainty of our future, where it's going. We are bombarded by negative information the whole time. Um, Divya, Elise, what do you guys think we can do to cope for the next couple of weeks? What are the things that you would suggest Elise from from my side it is managing your own response to this type of thing that happens now around us so true and um, I've interestingly read up this morning that everybody's always talking about diet diet look at your diet and you know yes we that is something that is a conscience, conscious change that you need to make if you are not used to certain foods. But protein is so important in our diets, um, specifically to manage uh, the effects of pancreas, thyroid, etc. that we talk about. So increase your protein intake, not specifically Diet overall, it's it's something. Make sure that you get enough proteins with each meal that you take. Um, Sorry, vegans. Yeah. <laughs> and then exercise. I mean, and I'm not talking going to run five kilometers every day. If you are used to sitting in your office for the whole day, twenty minutes of walking in the evening is good enough. I have a. I have. Um an interesting thing to keep you f- um, for <coughs> exercising while you're sitting. Oh, pray tell. Instead of sitting on your chair, get a ball. Sit on your ball. Sit on a, a gym ball. <laughs> those, those exercise balls and you yeah. just... Yeah, because remember, you have to... Cons- on a chair, you can slump. Okay. Mm. Okay. On that ball, if you slump, what's going to happen? Your back, and you're not your. You're gonna, you're gonna fall fucking off. fall off. Oh, oh sorry, I'm so on the ball now. Sorry, <laughs> you sit on that ball. You're constantly making small little adjustments, which takes energy. It's you're actually exercising. <laughs> and also, when you're walking, this walk you talk about, Elise, swing your arms. Yeah, because moving your arms around creates. Look serotonin. like a mad person. It secretes serotonin. Who cares, right? <laughs> Back to a point, how you react. <laughs> so yes. be, so don't be reactive. Don't be reactive. Take a, se- a second and be responsive. I, you oh, know, but Divya, that's, I, that's wonderful. I, I, 
actually at the moment, um, and I'm feeling it on a personal level, my tolerance to mediocrity and bullshit is at an all-time low. Why? Because I'm actually reactive. Yes, I call it the bullshit filter. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Um, okay. From supplementation, from, um, we, in, in my, my practice, we use compounded pharmacy products. Now, all the stuff that we've talk, talked about today are scheduled stuff. The moment that you go to a hormone level, whether it's DAE, DAEA, melatonin, vitamin D, mm-hmm. never mind testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, pregnenolone, all of those things are scheduled products. Yes. So this is nothing that you can, you can't buy these over the counter. We combine, um, a lot of different hormones into combinations. Yes. So, um, the compounding pharmacy and, and you are our mentors and our, our support structure there. Um, but what is there that we can maybe think about um, helping us um, now going into um, this last stretch? So, so like we compound for you guys, um, some good products. Like there should there should be products that contain theanine. Theanine is really good for racing thoughts where your brain can't switch off at night. Theanine is one of the B vitamins. Am I it's an right? amino acid. Amino acid. Oh, L-theanine. So, uh, and, and it's, um, so, so anxiety, racing thoughts, stress, very, very good. As I mentioned the last time, ashwagandha, really, really good Ayurvedic herb, excellent for stress control. Then with the associated uh, additions to stress, the, the effect on your your pancreas. You can use chromium for blood sugar control. Simple things like, uh, you know, obviously cut out sugars as much as you can. Dietary sugars. Because your body... This includes artificial sweeteners, please. Yes. Yes. Oh, <coughs> a very, very important fact. Do not think that substituting it makes it any difference. A lot of those are sugar alcohols. So they have the other, they have their own set of evils. Um, then things like, um, vitamin C is great to, to, um, produce, to help you cope with stress, believe it or not. Uh, and then there's good products that contain things like magnolia that work very well. Vitamin D. Magnolia is- sounds like my grandmother's soap. Oh, no, that was vinolia. <laughs> <laughs> That's vinolia. <laughs> You laughed. You too young to remember Vinolia. It was purple. Uh, um, pink as well. What I what I would like to stress to people is that hormones require cofactors yes. for them to work effectively, and so do the hormone cascades. Cofactors, for instance, if we just look at your thyroid hormone, mm. um, we're thinking of. CoQ10. Selenium. Selenium. Zinc. Chromium. Magnesium. Yes. Copper. Iron. Vitamin D and glutamine. So, you know, often we can improve function of hormone systems by just using targeted supplementation. Specifically, supplementation that's targeted in a way where it doesn't have to pass through your gut. And here we're thinking of IV nutrients and IV drips. 
And when I say that, I am imploring you if you're listening. Guys, please be careful. Do not go to an IV clinic uh, in a shopping center where you can pick your drip off a menu. Especially if there's no doctor around to help you if you get into trouble. These are things that affect hormone systems and can not only be detrimental to your health, it can actually be fatal. So be be careful. It works, but you know what? Be very, very careful where you go. So I don't go anywhere without my stressless in my bag because this time of the year where you asked what happens, how do you cope? Really amazing. It really does help. I don't Stress know. Stress list contains ashwagandha and it contains um, inositol, magnesium, taurine. So um, those are things I didn't discuss, but excellent, excellent product really helps me cope. And then the other one is a really great product that uh, I mentioned last time, Stress Damage Control, contains ashwagandha and rhodiola. Excellent product as well. Okay. Um, Divya, always thank you. Your, your wisdom and uh, is phenomenal. Thank you very, very much. Cecilies, thank you. Next week, we have a very interesting show. And um, we're continuing with men's health. But we've asked the man himself to join us in studio, Gareth Cliff. And we are going to talk about testosterone and men. So let's see what Gareth knows about testosterone. Let's see if we can. I think that's going to be an interesting and slightly controversial show. So join us next week, nine o'clock, Cliff Central. Always. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Divs. Take care, guys. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.